Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Is that good? Uh, yeah, that's good. All right. That's good. To, that's good for you. Good for me. I like your Ed Gein shirt. Yeah, thank you very much. Somebody said on Twitter, "Will Donald Trump make fun of Wisconsin for Ed Gein?" <laughs> but <laughs> he never did. Well, that's a deep cut. I know. Why didn't Trump <laughs> go after the serial killers that are so famous for my home state? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, fine. He won Wisconsin. Home of Jeffrey Dahmer. Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, Cruz. He ate people. He's a cannibal lover. Ted Cruz. All right, welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, with Marcus Parks. Just, hey, ben. Uh, how you doing, Marcus? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. All right, so just you and I today. Uh, so we had the big primary in Wisconsin yesterday, and as we've discussed before uh, in the show, what an exciting cycle this is because every state matters, yeah. and certainly Wisconsin did yesterday. And they sent a message for civil rights and for progressivism in a large way. They voted in, or they, they, uh, they chose Bernie Sanders, that's who they love the most with 53% of the vote or 56% of the vote of course he is a uh, he was a, a jewish fellow born in brooklyn who now self identifies as an atheist powerful stuff yeah. very rare of course the state of wisconsin is known for socialist politics there was three mayors in uh, out out of um, out of milwaukee that were socialists one guy frank ziedler that's kind of a fun name, right? <laughs> yeah, Ziedler. Ziedler. Frank Ziedler was one of them. And then there was another. And then there was uh, Emil Seidel and a dude named Daniel Hone. And, of course, Robert Lafayette as well, a strong uh, progressive Republican in the early 1900s who was also a senator until 1925. So there's a large history of uh, progressive lefts in Milwaukee. Obviously, Bernie was able to capture that enthusiasm. And then we have Ted Cruz. Who beat uh, who beat uh, Donald Trump handedly with 48 percent of the vote? So we have these progressives that uh, often can get elected in Wisconsin, but it's also the home of Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> so the state is always conflicted. You know, the state can go back and forth. So we have a Cruz esque uh, channeling the McCarthy love. And he is able to beat uh, Donald Trump handedly, which was projected in the polls. Nonetheless, a big win for the Cruz campaign and for the establishment uh, in the GOP. So we have a Jewish person who identifies as an atheist and a pig goblin. I mean, how 
These are good times for America. I mean, I suppose. There's a bunch of pig goblins sitting in basements right now and be like, I do not feel represented. And they are being represented because the great folks of Wisconsin uh, allowed Ted Cruz uh, to be their guy. So you're saying that, oh, like, say, like, Ted Cruz is to pig people, like pig goblins? What Bernie Sanders is to atheists. <laughs> or what Barack Obama is to black people? Sure, half white, half black people, yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The pig goblin vote has been very underestimated for way, way too long, and I see him on the subway every day. So you can't tell me they're not out there, and they're thirsty. They're thirsty for a candidate that can speak their pig goblin language, which tends to just sound like you're all Always eating corn, <laughs> which is very, uh, very exciting. So Cruz beat uh, beat uh, Trump. Okay, so now for the bad news. If you are somebody who supports Ted Cruz, I don't know if we have that many who listen to the show, but hey, that doesn't matter. He would be forced to win eighty eight percent of the delegates going out from here. So that puts him. I mean, you know, and now we have states that aren't going to be so friendly to him, like North Carolina, Connecticut, Delaware, places like that. Eighty eight percent of the vote. That's what he would have to get. Uh, to win 1237 delegates. Otherwise, um, oh, but of course, he is looking to just kind of chip away and maintain so then we can have the brokered convention. Exactly. That's the road here. And that's what I think Ted Cruz uh, and, of course, like John Kasich as well, I think that's what these uh, people and the Republican uh, establishment are trying to work towards. It's like They're not trying to put Cruz over the top. They're just trying to keep Trump under the line. Well, he doesn't put his hat backwards. <laughs> and if we know anything from the great Sylvester Stallone feature film... Over, Over the, the top. top. You're not serious. <laughs> you're not serious unless your cap is backwards. And that's when you can beat yeah. anybody arm wrestling. Yeah, but instead of the nosebleed, he has tonsil stones coming out of his mouth. <laughs> exactly. I would love to watch those two flabby, lazy whites, Trump and Cruz, arm wrestle. Can we just say you've both lost? Neither of you are powerful enough to tilt one another's arms over. I'm sorry. So it's an uphill battle for Cruz. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to Bernie really quickly. And, and, you know, there was a person on the on the Facebook page who was like, when are they going to make fun? Of, they're going to praise Bernie and make fun of Hillary. And somebody did comment, you can listen to every every media outlet praises Hillary. Yeah. Okay. So just listen. I, we don't have time. She's there. Are, I think that her candidacy, we, we can, I'll, I'll, I'll give her some praise later on in the episode, but there's not that much time here. So with Bernie, he won 56% of the vote in Wisconsin. Now he's still down by 20 points. Uh, some polls have him closing the gap, uh, coming into around 10 points in New York. He's got to win 60% of the delegates from here on out and then chip away at her superdelegate lead, which is going to be extremely difficult to have a chance at winning the nomination for the Democrats. So it's still a, it's a, a very difficult battle. I think what they want to do is not have Hillary get the delegates needed to uh, secure the nomination, very similar to the Republican Party, so they can go to the convention and try to convince some superdelegates to come over to their side, which Barack Obama was able to do, but people don't realize all he did was get 22 of them. Yeah. That's it. He would have to get 300. So in these superdelegates, this is what's so amazing. People don't firmly understand who these people are. For example, they are they are the elites in the Democratic Party. They're senators, congressmen, uh, people who have been large donors. Long well, time people. Like these are people time. that have been there for decades. One of the superdelegates is Bill Clinton. I mean, don't you <laughs> just, on, on its face, doesn't that sound awful? I mean, where is he going to go? I, I don't think the Bernie campaign is going to sway him. For some reason, I think, so the, it's really going to be a difficult battle for him, but 
The one thing that lasts with Bernie, we talked a little bit about it, I think, on the last episode. Maybe not. Um, maybe I was talking about it loudly, drunkenly in a bar. Yeah. Which tends to be where we have most of our conversations. Um, he's a movement guy. Yeah. And his movement sticks around after his candidacy. Yeah. Whatever is- Trump's movement is, is gone with Trump. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. You know, the simmering, I think, as long as Trump is gone. But I think people will simmer down. I think they might grow up a little bit and move on from it. But Bernie Sanders, I think, uh, he's going to be inspiring people to actually... uh, He is a leader. Uh, He's the leader that I think America was looking for with Barack Obama. Uh, I think Bernie Sanders is the guy that I think will actually inspire some sort of lasting change in American politics. We'll see if he can actually, you know, I mean, Barack Obama laid the groundwork, definitely. But Bernie's taking the ball over the uh, taking the ball over the goal line. That's a good football analogy, Marcus. Boom! That's the first time you've ever. And what sport does that analogy apply itself to? Football. Football. <laughs> wow. Hey, I played football. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know football. Uh, yes. Yes. Um. I and mean, of course, Bernie would completely uproot everything that Barack Obama has has laid out so far, especially when it comes to health care and things like that. But uh, so it's fascinating what happened in Wisconsin. We'll see if the Bernie campaign can continue the momentum, which is all that he, he was in Wyoming giving his speech. I'm not sure they have to win Wyoming, so I understand why he's there. He should have gone to Wisconsin, I think. Give, yeah. a, give a speech to the state that, you know, just gave you a W. But uh, the momentum that that, that that campaign has is real. Um, it's just really going to be a difficult battle now to get them to, again, try to convince these superdelegates to go and support them because Hillary, they've been – the thing when people talk about – when we had Nomi Constan, uh, she was talking about machine politics on the left and how unbelievably powerful that is. And so the people that are superdelegates voting for Hillary Clinton, they're voting for her because, much like Bill de Blasio – these are people that she got elected. Mm-hmm. These are people who would not be in office without the Clinton machine support behind them. So their loyalties, and in all reality, if you are a superdelegate and this person got you elected to the Senate or to the Congress or to God knows what local municipality you might have run in, or even just a job in uh, her cabinet or, uh, or, or you know whatever it might be, it would be sort of disingenuous for you to just flip sides because... Some people tend to like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I agree completely. And even the Republicans are looking at Hillary Sanders like they're already starting to think of her as the Hillary Sanders. Or, oh, that's a disgusting mashup. Mm. They're already starting to look at Hillary Clinton as the presumptive nominee. Ted Cruz, this is very interesting. Ted Cruz, in his victory speech, said, we are going to beat Hillary Clinton in the general election. All right, so let's say it is Ted Cruz. They go to a brokered convention. Ted Cruz ends up winning on a second ballot, which is what it would have to happen. I think that Donald Trump has been completely hurt in these last two weeks with all of this women, first the wife, bashing memes and then this Michelle Fields thing the former reporter for Breitbart Corey Lewandowski the head of uh, Donald Trump's campaign of course he was charged with battery yeah uh, for it, it doesn't the the event itself doesn't look that bad but what's happened in post has been terrible I listened I was just doing Megan McCain's radio show yesterday and she played a ro- uh, a call that uh, Michelle Fields had received from a Donald Trump supporter telling her that he was gonna slit her throat 
unless she dropped the charges against Corey Lewandowski. I mean, it's insane what's happening with the people who are supporting Trump and the kind of culture, like you have mentioned before, that he has cultivated in his campaign. The new normal that he thinks is allowed, uh, should be acceptable in American politics, has hit a new low. And the people of Wisconsin sent a strong message that that kind of energy, those kind of antics, aren't really going to, uh, it's not going to resonate with the Midwest. It might do okay. They might do fine here in New York, although I think uh, Ted Cruz will end up closing the gap quite a bit in that situation. So you have Ted Cruz going against uh, Hillary Clinton in a general. Let's just say it's that, or hell, Bernie. We got a hell of a sex scandal brewing with Cruz. Oh, dear Lord. Which is great. There's somebody (laughs) promising to release uh, numbers from a madam uh, uh, in the 90s. The last phone call coming from September, I think it's September 2000. And one, which he should have been thinking about other stuff. Yeah. He did help get W elected. <laughs> uh, but he was calling. Early September or late uh, September? Uh, maybe he was stressed. It might have been the 13th or the 12th of September 2001. And, you know, after a terrorist attack, you need a hooker. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Oh. So that the, the calls go from the mid-90s to the early 2000s. Of course, he married his wife, Heidi uh, Cruz, in the year 2000. I'm forgetting the exact Ooh, Heidi, Heidi, bad name to have in a problem. Prostitute scandal. Mm, Heidi Fleiss, <laughs> the skinny one. I don't know. Do you? Th- I think Ted Cruz could come out of this squeaky clean. He he's uh, he has the evangelical Christian thing going. He has well, the forgiveness thing going. Well, if I mean, if he comes, if it comes out that he's in a sex scandal, the National Enquirer said that he. Roger Stone planted a story in the National Enquirer because the head of the National Enquirer loves Donald Trump. It's the only national paper that likes him. Of course. Yeah. It's the National Enquirer. <laughs> the, the presidential candidate who signs Playboys on on the, uh, you know, well campaigning. Uh, of course, the National Enquirer is the paper that has firmly endorsed him. So the five, you know, the, the five women that have... Uh, the National Enquirer said five women uh, had an affair with, with Ted Cruz, and now we have the scandal coming from the the uh, California madam. But can you imagine uh, a, a sex scandal with Ted Cruz? Ugh. Everyone would be acting like uh, the movie, at the end of the movie Ace Ventura when everyone find out that <laughs> Finkel Einhorn, Einhorn and Finkel, as soon as we found out the head detective in, uh, in Ace Ventura was a man, Ugh. everyone started scraping their tongues. <laughs> Uh, as if they had just got a whole series of different popcorns stuck in their mouth or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it's, it's it's like when the Clintons, when Bill Clinton had a sex scandal, you're kind of like. I could, you know, yeah, he's John, a charmer. Or John Edwards. John like, Edwards, okay, sure. Yeah. Which another story the National Enquirer broke was the yeah. Edwards scandal. And, and Jesse Jackson in 2001, he had a love child. The National Enquirer broke that. They have their finger on the pulse of disgusting sex scandals among <laughs> schmucky politicians. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, I don't think they've had a swing and a miss yet. Not when it comes to these. I mean, there are there isn't a ghost ship under the ground. There isn't a child. <laughs> Bat Boy is not real. That's Weekly World News, sir. Oh, all right. That is well, not National Enquirer. That's, that's a tough call. <laughs> no, National Enquirer goes more for the celebrity news. Well, you know, if they that, go more for the, you know, is, uh, are Bert and Lonnie together? I don't know. Bert and Lonnie? <laughs> Burt yeah. Reynolds yeah. and Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, the big will they won't they of the 80s. You remember going to the supermarket. You're at eye level with the National Enquirer, Burt and Lonnie. Lonnie and Burt. Who's, is there, are they going to make it, Ben? And you know what? They didn't. They didn't make it, did they? <laughs> I'm going to say Lonnie won that one. Yeah. All right. So that would be exciting. The Ted Cruz scandal. We'll follow it, see if there's anything to it. Maybe he just... 
The story is he had called the number multiple times. The average phone call was two minutes. One of the phone calls was seven minutes. So he found a prostitute he really liked. And then I guess uh, at that point, he did the PayPal thing or whatever you do. And theoretically, a woman showed up. Theoretically. To Ted Cruz's house. <laughs> oh, I was just here licking my, licking my fingers. Thank God you showed up. Oh, were you eating barbecue? No. No, <laughs> no I just licked my finger. You don't lick your fingers? Mm. You're smelling. They smell like spit. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be the first pig goblin presidential nominee. Oh. Amazing. It is interesting, the, and we'll get to the Panama Papers here, and just we'll briefly touch on that in a second because I think it makes Bernie look really good. It does. But uh, the supporters for Ted Cruz are just—it's the closest thing you can be to having to hold in a fart in a movie theater. <laughs> you know, they're just like, "Oh yeah, Ted." So, but you know, he's got some establishment. Five of the seventeen candidates that he had previously run against him and uh, and and Kasich and Trump have now supported him, including Lindsey Graham. Uh, so he's got oh, some of the people. I know. I feel so bad for closeted, <laughs> closeted Lindsey. No, no, just poor Lindsey in every way. Not just him being closeted, not being able to be himself. But yeah. he just wanted it so bad. I think he wanted it more than anybody else. Well, he and wanted- I like him too. I like Lindsey Graham. You know, this is why dudes get laid when they go on Tinder. They don't care. Lindsey Graham was on a first date crying and asking <laughs> us to marry him. I mean, he was just. So when are we going to take it to the next step? And we're like, we haven't even gotten appetizers yet, Lindsay. What happened? I mean, for those that don't remember, the undercard debates, which is where Lindsay was placed because he wasn't polling whatsoever, but they did help Carly Fiorina yeah. uh, quite a bit. So they did serve a purpose. He was just an emotional wreck. All he could do was talk about his dead parents. And I, and I love him. I really do like him. Some of his public policies haven't been the best, but no. hey, you do what you have to do when you're, when you're a Southern senator. As a person, I don't think he's a bad guy. No. Everyone who's had personal interactions with him that I've met seemed to love him. He's at least got principles. He's got principles and a pool boy tied up. But, you know, that's that's fine uh, if the pool boy's into it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully we, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's he's... He's biting his tongue and supporting Cruz. Yeah. Everyone in the establishment is now supporting Ted Cruz for the most part. Um, the anti-Trump, the Never Trump movement, which was began by Senator Ben Sass, has really uh, taken root. And we'll see if it's Never Trump. It has to be Cruz. So it is what it is. What do you think about all this Paul Ryan nonsense? I don't. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I think they're gonna the. The Republican Party, from what I can tell from true conservatives that I've met, such as uh, Meghan McCain and, and people like that, um, th- she's sitting this one out, I think. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of them who sit this one out, and they just want to stop the bleeding. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if the Republican Party wants to survive another cycle, they just have to go cruise, uh, get him in a second ballot. If it's a brokered convention, you can't blow up the whole system. No. You know, the, whoever is elected, if it's Bernie or Hillary, let's say, um, whoever it is, I think it's a one-term uh, presidency. And if not, there's going to be a great chance in a midterm, uh, you know, in a um, in a uh, in a uh, incumbent, you know, uh, re-election for the Dems. If if they can if they can run a candidate that's halfway decent, 
So I think they just want to keep the party alive. I mean, uh, this could, Trump would shatter the party. Oh, and he is shattering the party. Yeah, he is absolutely shattering the party. And the problem with, with Cruz uh, is that, you know, it, it's like uh, Cat Temp said on this show uh, months ago is that the Republicans will never have, uh, they will never get into the White House again until they stop hammering on issues like same-sex marriage and yeah. abortion. And Ted Cruz, that's his his baseline is moral issues. That That's his whole thing is moral issues. You so know, you're going to have this guy out there in one of the yeah. you're in one of the most visible elections especially among young people that we've had uh in decades since yeah. the 60s uh that if you you're going to have the establishment out there saying the Republican party is the party of no it's the party of uh you know squashing civil rights I think right. it's, that's going to be very hard for the Republican Party to come back from it. Well, he's going to pivot now out of the general. Uh, if he does, I mean, I think he's going to start now, even in in his speech last night, his his victory speech, where he had a very awkward hug with Heidi. I don't think they've touched before. <laughs> uh, maybe he's been too busy with madams. Um, but uh, he is beginning, you can already see, to start pivoting to a more national message. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, people don't, don't realize he was the one who coined the term uh, compassionate conservative. That was all Cruz. Really? All of W's campaign was based on Cruz's political knowledge and that was the he was the one who was a massive player in creating the 2000 campaign for W. Wow. So he can do it. He knows how to win a general. Uh, and well, he knows how to win a general without his face being without the pig goblin. <laughs> yeah, without without the pig goblin actually running. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I think he do, he has the ability. We'll see if he can pivot because you're right. Uh, his abortion stance and obviously the same-sex marriage, and we still have states. I'm forgetting. I believe it's Louisiana that that's passing these religious liberty uh, laws. And yeah. you know, I was talking to this girl that I'm seeing now, and I was uh, you know talking about how I was anti-religious liberty, and she said, "How can you be uh, you know anti against uh, you know these religious liberty laws, not knowing that they always." coin these laws with great language. Of yeah. course I'm pro-liberty for religion. You know, of course, you know, it's in the Constitution. Yeah, it's always the, I mean, it's, uh, well, all they're saying is that they're used code words for right to discriminate. It, that's it. And that's all they want. That's it. But also, you know, there is that, I do have a libertarian streak where I, if you are a business and you want to discriminate against somebody, I suppose feel free and let the marketplace take care of it because people are going to boycott your business and you're going to end up losing money and your doors will close. But some of these places are so uh, homogenous that the minority groups really don't even have that kind of power. So I'm always kind of conflicted yeah. on these things. No matter what, I don't think we should be passing a religious li uh, liberty bill. Absolutely not. And, and that's going to be and that's kind of the, the the problem that you're you're seeing here is that these communities, you know, in these southern states, uh I don't necessarily know if they're going to have that, you know, if they're going to boycott people. Because uh, again and again, we've seen these businesses that uh, come out against same-sex marriage <laughs> saying, like, absolutely not. We're not going to serve yeah, gay sure. people here. And they get uh, tens of thousands of dollars in donations and GoFundMe. So I don't think it's possible for the market to play itself out there because they no, actually— No, that's not—I don't know. Chick-fil-A got it—Chick-fil-A Chick took a hit. 
Hell no, they didn't. Chick-fil-A is more popular. There's the chicken new- is very good. It's amazing. They just opened a Chick-fil-A, another Chick-fil-A here in New York City. There's two in Midtown now. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So uh, I don't. I really don't think the market plays itself out on this. But I, Chick-fil-A I think it's was the not, exact opposite. But no, Chick-fil-A was not doing anything as as a uh, their business was not doing anything to discriminate against gays. The CEO just happened to be uh, for uh, against same-sex marriage. Yeah, but which these- he has the right to be. Hey, mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. But these small businesses, though, yeah. uh, that any time that anybody can come out and say, like, I'm being per- persecuted, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm a not allowed to practice my religion, uh, they set up a GoFundMe account for these people, sure. and all of a sudden they have tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, in donations, and people will go there specifically because of their religious discrimination policies. Sure. Uh, and in these small communities, in, in these southern states, the people who are against same-sex marriage and the people that have that bigotry in their hearts, there's a lot more of them. So it, here in New York, sure, somebody who has that stance, they're going to go out of b- business real fucking quick. But in Mississippi, ooh, Lord, they're going to get an uptick. It's actually good for business. Uh, so I think that's why uh, you're starting to see the federal government starting to take like the, the, well, these the federal little, government, these, it's the state government's little, doing it. It's the state government's doing it, but the federal government is starting to take little pinpricks. You know, the state that just passed the whole religious, quote unquote, religious freedom act, they're in They're danger. losing a bunch of money. They're losing a ton of federal that's money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because the federal government can't necessarily come in and send National Guard troops to make a fucking wedding cake company sell cakes to same-sex you know couples they can't do that so they're having to prick them in other ways i don't know why the wedding cake it's always wedding cake companies don't they want more people getting married it would be it's better for business yeah i don't know but anyway i think it's more i think there's more than wedding cake companies for some reason that's the go-to analogy yeah well there's also cupcake companies (laughs) that's it though wedding cake companies and cupcake companies it's the go-to analogy because they're the ones that are at the forefront of all right they're the ones that are the best you know they're always the biggest example right so the republican party has to get get away from uh, being branded bigots, they must get away from that whole narrative, which is something that they have done a terrible job of doing so far. That's one of the reasons Ted Cruz was able to win in Wisconsin, because six out of the ten people who went to the polls want a path to citizenship for illegal immigrants in this country, which takes a direct hit, uh, a direct hit at Donald Trump's one of his, the cornerstones of his campaign, which yeah. is we deport them all and we bring them back through a beautiful door. I don't. He likes to watch people <laughs> pass through doors. It's a fetish or something. Yeah. I have no idea what's wrong. So Ted Cruz, of course, he was one of the 
uh, him and Marco Rubio. I'm not sure if Cruz was actually a part of the Gang of Eight, but it was border. They call it amnesty. It was not. It was a rational policy to deal with, you know, the upwards of 20 million illegal immigrants and undocumented people in this country. The undocumented workers, of course, are coming into the country because we have a massive loophole in our, in our laws where they are just based borderline free labor. Yeah. So all of these, you know, the $15 minimum wage hike that we just passed here in New York, it doesn't really matter that much because you're still going to have undocumented workers working in every single restaurant in their kitchens for $3.50 an hour or $5.50 an hour. So Donald Trump, it is a direct hit to his immigration idea and his policy, which I, did you hear about the policy for the Mexicans oh. to build the wall? Oh, I heard. It's amazing. <laughs> So Ted Cruz, I mean, and honestly, I mean, a first generation, uh, you know, Cuban, uh, Cuban American. I mean, I think that he could actually do fairly much better with the Latino vote than Trump. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, just really quick for those who haven't heard what Donald Trump's uh, immigration, how are the Mexicans going to build the wall? Okay. So this is what he wants to do. First of all, he's just going to tell them, you give us $5 billion to $10 billion. Yeah. That's a one-time payment. <laughs> uh, or you can do it, you can break it down into five e- easy payments over three months. I, have, I mean, it's like, am I buying a vacuum or something that shapes eggs into funny different creatures? <laughs> I mean, it's straight out of, uh, it's, it's straight out of QVC. Yeah. You give us five to $10 billion, one simple payment, boom. If they do not do that. He will no longer allow Mexican or um, any immigrants in this country, specifically Mexican immigrants, to send money back home, Yeah, which is an absolute tragedy, and that would be completely insane, extremely difficult to manage. What would happen is people who worked in the restaurant industry, such as I uh, I did, I was a bar uh, a bar back and a bouncer for three years in the city. It was uh, you know me and a fellow named Isidro who were basically running the entire thing. He was running everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of work this guy did was insane. He would send money back to his sick parents in Mexico, his sick mother in Mexico. What would happen is he would just give me the money. I would have to cash it. I would end up having to send the goddamn check over to Mexico. <laughs> it would be, it would make more work for me. Yeah, it would make more work for you. It's uh, a ridiculous it, idea. It would collapse Mexico's economy. It is, and it would, co- it would collapse it, Mexico's economy, and it would send more undocumented immigrants into America. Sure. It would have the opposite effect of what he would want. Um, it just doesn't. It's just not happening. No. Uh, so he wants to, that. Would that was one of the ideas that he would just stop uh, allowing Mexicans to send money back home which is absolutely even legal mexicans we wouldn't be able to send money to mexico yeah doesn't make any sense or five billion to ten billion dollar one-time donation one-time fee one-time fee <laughs> that's it he's holding them hostage he's it's hold, ex- it's, it is extortion he is ex- it's, it's ridiculous. it is i mean this is the definition so, of extortion yeah it's uh, man he's like either give me the money uh you know mexico you're done yeah, you're done. So what we learned is people in states like Wisconsin are much more rational than previously thought, and hopefully the Republican Party takes note of that, and they can start to uh, get much. They, they just have to have a policy that doesn't come across as completely idiotic yeah. or racist, which is very possible to do. <laughs> you know. So uh, let's see. So where are we? So let's go in uh, briefly here to this uh, Panama situation. So there was a trade deal. It was 2010. Bernie Sanders came across as amazing because he was one of the senators who was against it. Hillary Clinton was in complete support of it. Just a quick breakdown. So they just released a bunch of documents. Somebody got some documents. I have the documents. We got a document dump. (laughs) Oh, flush it. Boom. (laughs) 
Document dumps are my favorite thing. I love document dumps. It's the one thing that WikiLeaks just... Cr- we got a document dump. Oh. All right. So this this recent dump uh, contained... It was released 11.5 million documents. It chronicled the formation of... Uh, it chronicled the formation and actions, uh, actions of 214,000 offshore companies along with the names and manipulations of more than 14,000 clients. Among the clients are... 12 heads of state. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. More than 150 politicians. 29 billionaires on the Forbes list. How many billionaires are there in the world? I mean, it seems like 29 is a pretty good chunk of them, isn't it? Uh, there's quite a few billionaires. And, of course, every billionaire has an offshore bank account. That's how they become billionaires. Right. And I met Steve Forbes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's going to do the show. Real? No. I promise. <laughs> he promised me. He's a very funny guy. He's yeah. going to call in. Yeah, he hosted Saturday Night or He was in a uh, sketch on Saturday Night well, Live. Before, remember that? He was great. Teeth yeah. Torbs. Before uh, Donald Trump and uh, after Ross Perot, the billionaire that ran was Steve Forbes yeah, in 96. Good-natured fella. Yes, very good-natured. I saw him outside a news course and Mr. Forbes, how are you? And he was, I mean, honestly, extremely nice. Yeah. Everyone is so nice. You mean these, you would think, I think they're just so pleased that I'm not, you know, that you're just talking to them like normal people. And maybe it was, you know, I don't want to make fun of him now because I want to get him on the show. So I was going to say something about, you know, sucking, pricking my finger and sucking the blood off or something. <laughs> but he's not, uh, but I can't see now. I can't. Now I already said it. But it doesn't matter. I'm just joking around. It's a grandpa joke from, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre joke. But you can imagine how. I can imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they got a feed. I mean, there's a lot of nutrition in blood. There's a ton. What? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. There's anyway, a lot of iron. Mm. <laughs> Trying to iron in here. That's from Hairspray. John Waters movie. Yeah, Remember Divine? She was always trying to iron. She's lovely. All right. So a bunch of financiers of terrorism are also on this list. Nuclear weapons, proliferators, prominent sports and entertainment figures, and numerous CIA-linked companies. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. <laughs> Oh, my God. Just, you know, I'm going to go home right now, Jackie, and I want to, this is a message to you, Mr. Chan. Rush hour, rush hour two, rush hour, rush harder. I don't know if that was a one. (laughs) Rushing the hardest. They're going to the microwave. The DVDs are going in the microwave. I have to protest. I have to protest. That's how you're protesting? You're just going to microwave DVDs? Yeah, it's also really fun to watch DVDs be microwaved. (laughs) It is super cool. We used to do that in college, get real high and microwave DVDs. It's real fun. They're useless technology. Oh, no. I've got a ton of DVDs. I love DVDs. Oh, get rid of them. They just take up space. No, I love special features. YouTube. <laughs> Just go to YouTube. Everything oh, is on there. Give me in one place. I like, love my, I love my DVDs. All right. So, yes. Okay, Marcus, you have DVD. I'm just going to say, you start dating a younger lady. She goes over to your place. You have a bunch of DVDs. It's going to date you. So that's what's happening now. The, the document dump is uh, shedding light on uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the tax, the tax, uh, I mean, it's, it's, what the Panama trade deal allowed was a massive tax loophole that everyone who had money took advantage of. They yeah. knew that that loophole was going to be put in place. The Bernie Sanders is one of the people who understood the loophole and understood how it's going to be, uh, be manipulated. And he understood how the billionaires were going to be putting their cash over there, costing this country uh, billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, money that we could have sorely used, especially in the, like, say, uh, just... Yeah, in when the, the bridge was collapsing in Minnesota. Yeah. That when, would have been nice. Infrastructure. That money could have been used for so much infrastructure. And and that's what I don't get. I, I, I think that among conservatives, the 
uh, outcry on this should be gigantic. Like, it should be, I mean, it is proof positive that tax cuts for the rich don't matter. That it doesn't matter how many tax cuts for the rich that we have. They still hide all of their money overseas. They don't even pay the taxes, what little taxes they should be paying. Yes. All right. And I just saw this uh, news story here. Going back quickly to Cruz and uh, and Trump, they say in a this is prediction markets, so it's got to be real. The Huffington Post uh, wrote a little article. It's a seventy five percent chance of a brokered convention for the Republicans now. Wow, that's what they're saying. That's what so Wisconsin, it really mattered, and I think the state did a uh, did a great service to the nation because honestly, you know, I know we joke about Donald Trump, and I made a. The girl that I'm seeing cry because she thought I was going to vote for him, and I um, had to and I had to step in. And no, because you didn't help me out at all, Marcus. I totally I said helped Mar- you out. No, I was. I helped Marcus, you out. We were so going much. to. No, you don't. We were going to <laughs> Batman versus Superman, which I actually thought was a better movie than everybody. I thought it was okay. I mean, it was an action packed. It was just a stupid. It was a stupid action movie. It was a bad movie. It was a bad action movie. Well, I thought there was I a mean, lot of explosions. Yeah, there were a lot of explosions, but even at its base, even not even ca- counting all the Batman Superman stuff, it was just a bad movie. I did like Ben Affleck though cuz I said maybe chasing maybe Amy isn't a lesbian anymore. <laughs> chasing Amy, great film, go check it out, Ben Affleck. Um so we went up to see the movie and you know, we were I was already we weren't arguing. I was just talking to this woman and then I said, Marcus, tell tell her I'm not gonna vote for Trump. And you said, Oh, he loves Trump. No, I didn't. Yes, I said you the exact did. opposite. Yes, you did. And then and then I'm like, Oh my god, but you didn't realize how serious I was. I said, I, you have to tell her I don't like Trump. And then you said, Oh, he loves Trump. And then I was like, Marcus, and then you had to recant, but then no, you weren't even there for the actual conversation that I had with her when I told her that you were a rational human being. Oh, my And, of goodness. course, you weren't going to be voting for Trump. I was on your side. I did so much good work for you uh-huh. that night. I Sounds did like s- a real Hillary. <laughs> I, did so- I did a lot of good work, Ben. I'm on your side. I need a Corey I'm Lewandowski. On your side. <laughs> I need my own Corey Lewandowski who will rough up people that don't like, uh, that don't like me. No, I'm more of a Huma. Oh, I do like Huma. Yeah, I'm more of a Huma. I'm, I'm, I'm the Huma to your Clinton, but we're yeah. not sleeping together. No, we're not. Huma just wrote a, uh, she talked about the first time she met Hillary Clinton, and oh my God, she fell in love. Yeah. Did you see that article? I didn't, but I get it. She said she looked into her eyes. She thought she was the most beautiful woman she's ever seen in her life. This was a long, this was 20 years ago. I mean, they've been together for quite a while. This is stone cold Hillary too. If you watch her speeches from early two thousand, oh, this is she was this is wearing super like super predator Hillary. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> she was she she was wearing like she wore a lot of dark tight suits with white collars, very priestish. Yeah, and uh, man, she was saying some very Catholic things as well about gay marriage, and she did not like it. But yeah, her and Huma have a special relationship. Yeah, very special. Which I think is why Anthony was just like, I'll send my dick around. <laughs> My wife's having sex with somebody who oh. isn't me anyway. Yeah, what they used to call back in the 50s, my special friend. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a lot of nuns. A lot of <laughs> nuns have special friends. Housewives had so many special friends, especially in the Korean War. Whew, they were bored. Yes. Men are off war. Ladies, special friends left and right. Right. All right, really quick to wrap everything up. I know this episode, I apologize. It's been a little bit all over the place, but that's okay. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Let's talk quickly about abortion. Hillary Clinton did get in trouble. Did you see what happened with her, Marcus? No. Okay, so she pissed off the uh, pro-life groups and the pro-choice groups in a very similar way that Donald Trump pissed off the pro-life and pro-choice groups uh, with his ridiculous responses about abortion when he had his interview with Chris Matthews 
talking about how women need to be punished, and then the next day he said doctors need to be punished, and then the following day he said the law stays the same. <laughs> Did you see? It was ridiculous. Yeah, he, well, he said the laws stay as they are. Yeah, the laws stay as they are. Yeah, which, so pissed off, which pissed off pro-lifers. Exactly. He pissed off pro-choicers because he threatened I guess jail time. Uh, I don't know what punishment is. When the federal government says punish, it tends to be jail, yeah, right? I don't think he's talking or, community service. I don't know. Yeah, are you just, you have to go shake a hundred babies' hands. <laughs> I have no, I don't know what the, I don't know. Um, Hillary Clinton uh, got into hot water over it because, first of all, the left got upset because she called it an unborn person. And I thought that was interesting that they were so upset because then if it's a person, doesn't it have constitutional rights? Okay, so she says it's an unborn person, but unborn persons do not have constitutional rights. So then obviously uh, the pro-life groups uh, got uh, got upset. So the right got upset. So this abortion debate, it'll be interesting to see if she can parse her words properly because people are so sensitive about it. And I think that really did hurt Trump in a place like Wisconsin. I grew up very pro-life over there, and they really mean it. I don't think it's going to matter so much in New York. Again, in these eastern states, I don't think it's going to matter. The pro-life movement isn't quite as strong. They don't really mean it quite as much as the pro-lifers in, uh, in the Midwest and some of the southern states. But then Hillary got in trouble with the left, and those pro-choice groups are what the pro-life groups are in the middle of the country. They are to the east and the west coast. I mean, pro-choice groups out here are very uh, – they are – they're. I don't want to say the word radical, but uh, they have a uh, – there's an enthusiasm for the topic. They're passionate. They're very, very passionate. And uh, as, as – again, so it's sort of the inverse – of what happens in uh, in uh, the middle of the country for pro-life groups, it happens uh, with pro-choice groups on the on the east and the west coasts in the more uh, in the more urban you know large in in larger states that have uh, more liberal populations. So uh, she got into some massive trouble, and you wonder if if Bernie is going to be able to make any inroads because he has been staunchly pro-choice and he doesn't really mess up the language that much. So her calling it an unborn person hurt her, which. Is, you know, whatever, whatever your stance is on it. I mean, it doesn't really, whatever your position is. I mean, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty middle of the road on things. So, um, but it'll be, we'll see if that can hurt her. And then of course we have uh, Hillary now. She's going to be attacking Bernie for his gun stance. She hasn't really had the opportunity to do it yet because she was in the SEC states. And again, the Midwest states, they are relatively rational when it comes to guns. Uh, They're not, uh, you know, it's. It's societies that are more homogenous, more spread out, and they don't they don't have the same urban concerns as a New York City when it comes to guns. You mentioned being pro-gun in New York City, and uh, you're going to have a lot of blowback. So Hillary is already blasting in the Daily News, uh, now the liberal paper, the liberal rag here out of New York City is blasting Bernie for his gun stance. What's the headline? The headline, Bernie Sandy Hook Shame callously defends gunmakers against Newtown Ken lawsuit. Yeah, so all those people that thought Adam Lanza shot up Sandy Hook, it was Bernie. Oh, they <laughs> Bernie, Bernie did it. Oh, they even gave Bernie the pursed lip picture on the front yeah. page. Uh, the pursed lip, the I'm in trouble. I'm a politician in trouble picture. That's right. And basically Bernie's gun stances, I'm all for when it comes comes to not suing manufacturers or the the law as it was written you could have sue a gun owner if somebody bought a gun from an establishment and then shot up a place it's the same thing as suing McDonald's because your family got so damn fat and they all died of diabetes yeah. i mean you can't be blaming other people 
You can't be blaming people for what other people's actions are. Yeah, I think this is something that so, could, that could uh, like you were saying before the shows, that it could actually help Bernie in, in the general. In general, it would. It really would, because I think it would alleviate yeah. a, a lot of fears, like the word socialist has so many uh, fears attached to it, and the number one fear, of course, with Americans, that they'll take away our freedoms. And this right. is a great example of Bernie Sanders being able to go up and be not only a little pro-gun, but also uh, pro-freedom, and it gives him a little bit more courage Currency when it comes to the market, to yeah. a free market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bernie's tax, I, uh, I don't like Bernie's tax plan because I just don't see how he gets enough things passed through the House to make his tax plan actually viable. I mean, he's That's a little only- fuzzy on it as well. If you read that daily, the it's daily news good. article is not encouraging. You would have to gut everything. It would, it would be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but under Eisenhower, I believe there was an 80% tax on the on people making over 250000 I might be wrong about that. I know there was an 80% tax. It might be on people slightly wealthier. So it's not unheard of in the country. Anyway, but it would require him to do a lot, a lot of work that I don't think, I mean, it would take four years just to get that done if he had control of the Senate uh, or, you know, of, of, of the Congress. And I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's some interesting stuff there, Mr. Parks. That it is, Mr. Kissel. All right. So where do we go? We got New York. That's the next primary coming up here. That's on April 19th. Uh, it'll be a big time. To, let's, you know, watch the numbers, the burning momentum that he's claiming to have. And you can't deny it because he's won seven of the last eight states. Uh, we'll see if it actually resonates here in uh, in New York. Of course, Hillary, this is her, I guess, is adopted, adopted home state. Adopted home state is what they're calling it. Uh, of course, former senator, and uh, she has some massive roots here. Uh, when Cuomo passed the minimum wage hike, she got the first foot in the door to raise her hand with Anthony Cuomo like a prize fighter who had just, uh, you know, beaten somebody with a disability or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. In other yeah. words, she didn't earn it. And she got uh, our mayor, Bill de Blasio, who does not have a very high approval rating to support her, but I think she'll be able to carry the city proper. We'll see if Bernie can get enough of uh, the, the the outside rural areas of New York. We'll see if he can maybe pull some of these Trump supporters. If Cruz is able to really make a, uh, a push and uh, make people feel like they're rational to, for voting, uh, voting for Cruz, then maybe he can Bernie can get some of these Trumpers. Even maybe who knows? I mean, what happens now? And with with uh, Trump, with seventy three percent disapproval rating, rating by women, it would take seventy percent of white men to have to vote for him. And I don't see that happening in order for him to get to twelve thirty seven, mm. um, which would be very difficult. So Cruz Cruz is in a good position. Bernie is in a good position. Hillary is in the best position. Uh, of all of them still at the end of the day. All right, everyone. So that was nice. That was nice to Hillary. Yeah. She is in the best position. Yeah. And honestly, if she just maintains default status quo, I can see people just kind of at the end of the day, sadly, after all of this, they'll just go with it. Yeah. Because the crazier the right gets, you know, uh, if people are too concerned with Bernie's uh, democratic socialism, with him not being a registered Democrat, um, then, you know, default will win. That's exciting. All right. Well, that's nice. Oh, let's go for a fucking, <laughs> let's just have oatmeal. How's about that, Ben? We just have oatmeal I mean, I, for fucking I, I, breakfast I don't know. every day. Hey, it's not, I'm just saying, it's like a. Put a little brown know. sugar in there. All right. Put a little brown <laughs> sugar in there. It's like, I mean, it's like a playing video games with someone who like, I like, I like my creative players. I just, you know, I don't name, I don't change it. <laughs> 
I said, they gave me a creative player, like a kind of bald with no hair whatsoever, kind of fat, but not, that, but skinny. There's no muscle. No, that's me. Player one. I am player one. I just like to be player one. But you know, player one has some fine attributes he right does, down the line. He's totally fine. He's just not playing the game to its potential. Yeah, it's possible. All right, everyone. So that's this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Marcus is at Marcus Parks, and Marcus also does Instagram. Yeah, at Marcus Parks as well. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I am at. Yeah, uh, Ben, it's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> It's the default Instagram, Marcus Parks. Yeah, it all works out. Yeah, well, I'm no better. I'm at uh, Ben Kissel on Twitter. Reach out and go to the uh, go to the Ablingans Top Hat Facebook page, and you guys can rant and stuff and yell at each other. But for the most part, people are great, uh, which is good. And uh, keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR. I believe that's pretty much it. I think so. Go to CaveComedyRadio.com to uh, check out a lot more shows that we're on. Yeah, and if you're a woman, I'm not a Trump supporter, so don't cry. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.